Hello, we're Project 6 and we're a charity working with people in South and West Yorkshire. We deliver a range of services to support people with alcohol and other drug use to help individuals, families and communities to make meaningful and sustainable change in their well-being. And you're listening to our podcast. We're coming from the Project 6 Ideas Conference for the last time. This is an abridged version of the second panel discussion from the morning titled Achieving a Balanced Sector Ecosystem. On the panel are Dr. Aaron Dandayudam, Medical Director at VIA, Emily Todd, Regional Director at Humankind, Michelle Foster, CEO and co-founder of the Basement Recovery Project, Neve Cullen, Public Health Partnerships Manager at Calderdale Metropolitan Borough Council, and the panel is facilitated again by April Wareham, Director of Working with Everyone. It's April who speaks first. We're back and we've got another really exciting panel. As a consequence of 10 years of austerity and neoliberal approaches to commissioning, it's led us to a place where many treatment systems are run by single providers. There isn't an ecosystem, it's a monoculture. The new drug strategy asks us to collaborate and work in partnership as a priority. So we're going to hear from the people in Calderdale that have set up a system there um, that's done that. They've built their own ecosystem. We're going to discuss the benefits and challenges of working in a collaborative partnership between the big ones, the large national providers and smaller grassroots organisations and how innovative commissioning can create the environment to enable us to create a positive change. What's an ecosystem? Why are they important and how have we lost them? Aaron, I'm going to ask you to go first on that, please. To me, an ecosystem is the network of services and service providers that are in a certain area which exists solely to provide for the needs of the service user in that population. What we sometimes mean by a balanced ecosystem is you've got a treatment service, you've got a service user group, and basically if you've got the both, well, that's it. Your treatment system is balanced and happy. But medically, again, I'm coming from a clinical perspective. If you look at the needs of our service users, you know, across the spectrum, they're about on a daily basis, we see 10 to 15 different mental health diagnoses. We see about 20 different physical health problems, the COPDs, the hypertension, the diabetes, the weight management, the social problems they come with, very, very complex. The traumas, nobody's touching, apart from the lip service. So to me, an ecosystem means a system that actually recognizes all these needs and then puts in place uh, measures to support with this, you know, help people access these services take barriers down to help service users access these services. So that's, so in a nutshell, that's my ecosystem. Now, the second question is, why is it important? I mean, it's all the usual answers. One, you have all these different providers. They bring an enormously rich experience into the mix. Not one provider can be good at everything. I mean, it's illogical to expect them to when you've got this many needs. Mm-hmm. But what I've noticed in recent, in recent past is, when you work together in an ecosystem with several different providers, it's actually at that intersection that you start developing new ideas and new services. 
For example, you know, we've been working very closely with the Nelson Trust, um, which do women's only rehab. But from there, what we've realized is actually, there is no women's only detox in the UK, not one. So what we've done is we've partnered with them and we're launching the UK's first women's only detox in December. So it isn't, I mean, sometimes there's this worry that if there's not a monoculture, you lose part of your cake. You can't grow. But actually, if you collaborate properly, you grow the cake and you provide new and innovative services. I'm going to ask Emily. I've been working for Humankind for about seven and a bit years and working in Colterdale with Neve, Michelle, Adele, who's here today, and lots of other people for about five. Um, Neve and Michelle had been working together for 10 years, more than that, and, and Adele as well, and some of the staff, so I was very much the new girl, although DISC, as we were then, Humankind now had been delivering there for, for a couple of years in partnership with the basement. And when I started, it was certainly a, a good service. There was lots of really good stuff going on. Um, I found the partnership with the basement really exciting. really liked what, what they did. I really liked what we did. I really appreciated a commissioner who'd worked in the sector who understood some of the challenges that we were <coughs> facing. Um, but when I look back at that time, five years ago, to what everyone has created now, it was, um, it was not good. There was lots that we needed to change, but there's certainly been lots of things that I can talk about that has made those changes, um, and it's not always been easy. One of the things that was really important, a kind of turning point for our journey in Calderdale was, came from something tragic. Um, so the death of five men who lived street-based lives in 2018 in Calderdale, which is not a big area. Um, and it was a, an awful time for the people that had known those, those men, for the people that worked with them, for the people that were their friends and their families. And as a system uh, led by Neve, championed by Neve actually, there was a big review into the deaths of those five men um, with lots of different organisations taking part. And we really had a, a look at how the system should and could work better. And it was tough, you know, we're a treatment provider and we've not done everything right. Uh, no one had done things right. Um, but because we'd built up a relationship of trust, we're able to share problems together, to look for solutions. Thank you. And I'm going to ask Michelle next. I didn't know I was an ecosystem. <laughs> I'm not sure we are, but we'll get to that in a minute. I'll try and be as quick as I can around the, the last 15 years. So we started as a service user group, which was called Adele User Forum. We wanted to know how to um, best engage with people. So, so, so we started a breakfast club and that's really where, where we came from. We found at that time that people were going away. Uh, I won't say where they were going to detox, but they were coming back on the train with a can of beer and it was just absolute, you know, waste of money, waste of money. And they were coming back to nothing. So for us at that time, we got a chance to go and see William White. And, and for us, it, the rest is history. We chose a, a pathway of abstinence. We chose uh, recovery as our solution back in 2008. And for seven years, we fought and fought and fought. We fought the commissioners. We fought the council, we fought the treatment provider, and we spent seven years in, in, in battle. It was, just, it was just hell. So, our, and I think, you know, I went to see um, 
uh, breastfeeding um, organisation and how when they stopped fighting, the people they were fighting and just concentrated on their own, on, on what they could do rather than be distracted by the fight, that you'd actually might get somewhere. And I think that that came at the same time as um, even the commissioners were going out to tender and they did actually include us in that tender back in 2015. Um, so we spent the last eight years building. So we've had seven years of fights, we've had eight years of building. Um, and, and I guess we are in this great position where we are uh, an equal partner at the table. We talk about ourselves as an alliance. But I think why I might say that we're not quite an ecosystem yet is because we've got it going on in our drug and alcohol world, but I'm not sure we've entirely got it going on in Calderdale. So if I was to say there's still a lot of work to do around mental health, around probation, around housing, you know, all the things that are really out of our control, but we're trying to get around the table, and we are working on that. I'm sure Neve will touch on that. That would say that we're not the perfect system, so we, we've got a long way to go. So it's taken 15 years to get to this, so it won't happen overnight. Thank you very much. Neve. In terms of where we got to, we didn't stop when there wasn't anybody telling us what to do and where we should be going. Our development and what we were faced with locally is what motivated us. And we battled through it. And I didn't have anyone saying, that's not in our service spec. I think, that, you know, it's about, it's for all of us coming to the table to look at what we can change. And financial investments being made outside contracts. There were some very sort of key things that enabled us. There'll always be, we've all got different hats where the buck will stop, but we do try and make collective decisions. So Emily said something that resonated with me. Is that actually, we've been in this so long, we don't know what good looks like. I speak to people in services and I say, is your service any good? And they go, oh, yes. And then you unpack it and you realise that actually they waited six months for something and didn't get something else because they've never experienced good. How do we get this balance between the clinical stuff and all the rest of it around the system? I'm not a clinician, but clearly there aren't many areas of medicine that have had no modernisation in the medications in the last 20, 30 years, apart from Vuvudal-ish, you know. Um, but it's and what an innovation. We've turned the don't. tablet into a depot. I don't, no, I know, I know, I know. And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I can't... And I don't, you know, we, we were looking at... We want um, heroin-assisted treatment in Calderdale, but we don't want that. We don't want all that high cost and crime related to it. We just want one of our practitioners to have a home office licence and prescribe it, you know. I mean, it's... And I think that there, there's definitely a need for a revolution in that area. Thank you. And if I could come to Michelle next, please. Uh, clinical input. So in Calderdale, we have a weekly MDT. We use our weekly MDT where um, recovery na navigators, whatever you might call them, care coordinators, myself, um, clinicians all sit around the table. And that's where we discuss uh, people who may need to come on to our um, uh, internal prescribed methadone machine thing. Um, the men need to go on Bouvardal. We also do agree our detoxes there. We agree our residential rehab. So, so I think it, we've all got a place around the table, uh, very hands-on. Um, it helps that we're all under one roof, you know. And, and I think um, one of our clinicians cycles with us in our in our <laughs> recovery cycle group. You know, there's that. 
you know, I spoke earlier about the hierarchy of the system. Um, doctor is not God in our service. He's absolutely not God. Um, I think having the methadone clinic has helped. And then the other thing we do differently in Calderdale is we have what's called an enhanced community detox offer. And what that, what that basically looks like is it's a detox service. It's residential, um, but it's run by people in recovery. So if a person doesn't need to go inpatient or doesn't have a serious clinical uh, need, uh, but they don't want to do a detox at home, they can come to us. And that's supported by clinicians. So whilst it's being run by people in recovery, there is a clinical input as well. So I think that sort of, the fact that we're all together doing the job together, I feel really lucky to work in Calderdale, but also for humankind, um, where we can adopt and do adopt a multidisciplinary team approach in terms of clinicians and non-clinicians coming together to design and deliver services. So, um, and when I say clinicians, I don't just mean doctors and nurses. I mean psychologists, pharmacists, arguably pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, people that work in pharmacies are one of the most important stakeholders in any treatment system, more likely to see people more regularly than us, more regularly than a lot of people. And, and getting those that expertise in the room to deliver services is, is crucial. And having a clinical leader, clinical leaders and people that are happy to innovate, to try new things, to work in new ways, to try and find new ways when th there isn't lots of options, I think is really, really sensible. And again, as a provider, as an individual working within a service, understanding that um, you can't do everything best yourself. As I said earlier, we need the full range of voices, <coughs> positive challenge. We need to be able to learn from each other and listen. It's about people again. It's not them and us, clinicians and not clinicians. It's about people coming together. We're all together. We're all doing this job together. Is there balance in the clinical system? The short answer is definitely no. We're not, look at this room, we're not having the same conversations, right? And the problem with us not having the same conversations is then translated into clinical tensions in services because the doctors then focus on the, the, the policies you write become quite punitive. You know, things around holiday prescriptions. If you don't give us a six-month clean urine, and I'm using that pejorative word clean and dirty, if you don't give us a six-month clean urine, you don't get to go on holiday. If you fall off a script and you repeatedly fall off a script, you have to do X, Y, and Z to get back into a script. There's this lack of risk-taking with positive risk-taking to actually accommodate with people's lifestyles and needs. You know, somebody in a wheelchair has to go a mile every day in the rain, come uh, to, to, to pick up their prescriptions because they're deemed as being chaotic because they use maybe heroin recreationally once a week. So other considerations go out of the window sometimes when you're not in the room having the same conversations about what constitutes recovery. And I actually I don't like the word recovery. I like the word quality of life. We need to be having the conversations about what can we do? How can I help you? How can the service help you achieve a quality of life that you want, right? That's what it's about. So you don't kill yourself and you live the life that you want. You know, that's a happy balance. And that's it for this episode and for this series. 
We started this with the intention of wanting to share some of the ideas and views from across our sector and we've really enjoyed having those conversations. Our thanks to everyone who's taken part and an even bigger thank you to you for listening. We hope you found something interesting in the discussions that have taken place. We're going to take a little break and pick up series two later in the year and we hope you can join us again then. Thank you.